Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up? Hello. We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm Justin Michael, and it's Sunday night, October 3rd. We had a fun, really fun slate of college football. Pretty pretty entertaining day of NFL football, too. Sorry if my voice is a little hoarse. I was at the Broncos game today. I'm going to be at most of the home games this season. It was, it was a blast. I mean, second game in a row that it was just really, really hot, direct sunlight, just getting blasted in the face. But overall, just a really good way to spend a bye week for CSU football. I, I got to watch a, the entire slate on Saturday, which is always fun. You know, when I'm covering a game, I always miss a bunch of games where I have to record them and like go back and watch them the next day. And it's fun, but nothing is as good as experiencing it live because the scores get spoiled and, you know, so do like the, the great plays and I just like to watch it in in real time. Anyways, going to dive into the Mountain West slate and kind of what happened this weekend, the implications, kind of who the front runners are in the conference moving forward. Going to briefly get into the CSU San Jose State game. That's a winnable matchup, guys. I'm looking forward to diving into that game throughout the week. And uh, we're just going to talk about a couple of things today. Before we get into everything, got to shout out the homies over at Chevalier Mortgage. Something to keep in mind for our homeowners, with prices going up, it's creating natural equity in your home. If you have mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that and make the bubble work for you. If you're in the buyer's market, they know how stressful it is trying to buy a house right now. So if you've attempted it, you know exactly what I've been talking about. It's crazy out here in Colorado. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress and just take some of that worry off your plate. They actually have a fun perk right now for DNVR listeners. If you go to dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You can also call Mike directly at 970-412-2472 or again, visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 191. 191- 0631. All right, like I said, I was at the Broncos game, so I apologize if my voice is a little hoarse. Gonna power through it. Gotta do what we can. Get this pod out. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it. Before we talk about the Mountain West, though, let's talk about our friends over in Boulder. It's been it's been a brutal season for CU, guys. I I really wish CSU and CU were playing this year because I actually think the Rams would win the game. They have a ton of talent at the skill positions, and they don't seem to use any of it. It's really, really weird to watch, and 
watching them in that USC game, it gave me serious flashbacks to like the early years of Boise State in the Mountain West or right before TCU left when, you know, the Rams would go up against them and technically you're in the same conference, but it's very clear you're not on the same level. Like y'all don't even belong on the same field together. That's what it looked like with CU and USC. And this is a USC program that has an interim head coach. They already can Clay Helton. They're in transition and they're just beating down CU at home. I mean, the Buffs put up a little bit of fight in the second half, but the final score was 37 to 14. They got outscored in every single quarter of the game, nearly twice as many yards, 494 compared to 242. The Buffs had 162 pass yards, which is actually twice as many as they average. Could not run the ball, though. They only had 80 rush yards versus 218 for USC. It was domination from start to finish. The story, though, really wasn't about the game. It was Carl Durrell after the game leaving the field. There was a videographer, photographer for CBS4 in Denver. And Durrell full-on, like, stiff arms him, grabs the camera, throws it to the ground. I mean, he doesn't, like, break it or anything like that. He just kind of shoves it and... I don't know, man. It could have been a really bad scene. It was definitely a horrible look for an experienced head coach. I was talking to some Buffs guys about it, and they were like, it's not like he's some rookie head coach. He's worked in the NFL. He's been a head coach before. You have to know how to handle the pressure, and it really seems like he's cracking. I don't know. It was just surprising. You know, It it seemed kind of out of character for him. (laughs) In my couple of interactions that I've had with him in person, he's actually been a pretty personable guy seemed very fairly, you know, mellow-mannered, polite. So to see that was definitely surprising, but super embarrassing for the Buffs because that's just, it's a terrible look. They had famous alums criticizing them. And to me, it's just, it's tough from an accountability perspective when you're a coach, when you go out and do things like that. How can you preach discipline and expect all these players to follow you and then you go out and act like that after the game, just a total crybaby, be really immature after a tough moment? And then you want to get on the players if they don't keep their head in a tough moment. It's just, it's hard to keep their respect when you do stuff like that. Carl Durrell's obviously not Buddy Stevens, but it does remind me of the situation at East Mississippi Community College on Last Chance U, where Buddy Stevens gets all pissed about them getting in fights and altercations. And then he goes and does the same thing, puts his hands on a ref and gets suspended. And they interview the players and they're like, he's out here criticizing us. And then he goes and does something like that. You know, it's just, it's one of those things you got to lead by example. And that was just a bad look. It was not a good day for CU football. They've had big crowds and totally underwhelmed at home a couple of weeks in a row now. I don't know if you saw their mascot post was holding a sign that said USC, University of Spoiled Children. It was one of those Spider-Man meme situations. I mean, come on, guys, look in the mirror. It just cracked me up. But rough, rough season for the Buffs so far. As, a, as frustrating as the majority of the first month of football has been for CSU fans, I think Buffs fans are even more frustrated because they are just completely inept offensively. Like the Rams struggle at times, but they can still push the ball downfield. They can run it usually when they have Bailey healthy and obviously Trey does his thing. Santeo can run the ball. Lewis is just, he's scared back there, man. They, they have no idea what they're doing, no identity. I think there's a a very real scenario in which they don't win another game the rest of this season. If that's the case, it'll be very interesting to see how the school responds. I mean, you're coming off of a a good performance in the COVID year. 
but it kind of seems like the uh, the carriage has turned back into a pumpkin. Anyways, tough scene. Tough scene, but <laughs> not as tough of a scene as it is for old Urban Meyer. The uh, man tasked with hiring CSU's head coach, or at least selecting him, has been in just all kinds of bad headlines lately. This weekend, there's a video that went viral of him grinding with some young chick at a bar. Now, in his defense, he's like kind of sitting down. He's not really like, you know, going at it, but he's certainly not putting up much of a fight. And he's going to get crucified for it, man. I mean, he's one of those dudes that's always been holier than thou. When he was at Ohio State, when he was at Florida, he never missed an opportunity to get on his soapbox and be preachy about doing the right things and setting the standard and being a good person and all this. And then behind the scenes, there's just always chaos and dysfunction associated with any of his teams. They've won a lot of games. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. But as a dude, I think it's pretty clear he just kind of sucks. Like, I've never met him, so maybe that's not entirely fair of me to say, but between the, the Zach Smith situation at Ohio State and just, like, everything that's happened behind the scenes and how hypocritical he just, like, has been proven to be time and time again. We've heard he's, like, a total dick as a head coach. Draymond Jones on the Broncos he went on Shelby Harris's podcast and did a whole story about how when you're at Ohio State, like if you're walking past him and you say hi, you're a player on the team, he doesn't even acknowledge you. Like it's he's the king, you know, and how dare you do something like that? He talked about how he never actually learned like anything about any of the guys unless you were like his star player. He just I don't know. He's got a total ego about him. And obviously he's won a lot of games. Again, been very successful. But he just kind of seems to be a dick. And when you act that way and when you get on your soapbox all the time and you don't miss an opportunity to take shots at people for doing the wrong thing, when you get busted doing the wrong thing, it's going to turn pretty quickly the other way. And that's what's going to happen with Urban here. I mean, they're already losing. And I'm not surprised. I mean, you can't treat NFL players the way you can treat 18, 19-year-old kids. And I don't think you should treat them the way that Urban Meyer reportedly has. But allegedly has i guess i should say not reportedly it was from draymond who i definitely believe but i've never been to an urban meyer practice i'm interested to see kind of how this all plays out how long of a leash jacksonville is going to have with this circus because he's going to draw all kinds of attention inevitably some of that is just from general interest but some of that is really stuff he's done to himself i mean hiring the the iowa strength coach that got in trouble for all the racial stuff like that was a bonehead move bringing in Tim Tebow. Although I think that got blown out of proportion. You know that Tebow commands a, a crazy circus. So that's on you too. Probably not the best situation when you have a rookie quarterback that you're trying to develop, bring in all this distraction. Very, very much looking forward to seeing how this all plays out. I'm sure he'll have to do some apology that'll be brutal. I don't know. I'm not trying to dance on urban Meyer or anything like that. It's just, it, it bugs me, guys like him, you know, the holier than thou guys when you're just as slimy, if not slimier. And I still just think it's fair to question why CSU had him a part of the process. I mean, doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Just doesn't. Anyways, let's talk about the Mountain West slate. Um, a couple teams were on buys this weekend, but 
couple of decent games starting Friday night, Utah State hosting BYU. Utah State, they they hung with them. It, it kind of seems like they're coming down to earth a little bit. They still make big plays. They can really stretch the field with their passing offense. They've got good receivers. Their quarterback is confident, probably a little bit uh, too careless with the football at times, but he's a good athlete too. He can move around. You can tell they believe in him. Defensively, they can get after the QB. Justin Rice has been a stud at linebacker. No surprise. He's been good everywhere he's ever played, starting with Fresno State. Then he went to Arkansas State and played for Blake Anderson. Now he came back with Anderson to the Mountain West. He's having an awesome season. But Utah State, they just kind of continually shoot themselves in the foot. They did in the Boise State game when they had 300 yards of offense in the first half and no points. They did it in this one and just a couple of untimely penalties and like they turned the ball over at the worst times. They they struggle to execute in the red zone at moments. They're better at taking shot plays, I think, than they are in executing in the short-term situations or short-yardage situations, excuse me. I I don't know. I I think they're a tough team and I think they're going to challenge everyone. But I still feel like it's a fairly winnable game for the Rams going into that one, especially if you can really create pressure, if you can kind of make them one-dimensional. But the big question mark, I think, for CSU in all these conference games is going to be how the secondary holds up. It's obviously been a pretty shaky start. Depth is a big question mark. And a lot of these teams are going up against have some pretty good receivers. You know, Utah State is good, but going to Saturday's game, Nevada-Boise State, I mean, those guys were putting on a show. Romeo Dubs for Nevada. Cole Turner at tight end was really making plays. And Khalil Shakir on Boise State is just a monster. He is an absolute monster. His ability to make contested catches is insane. His body control in the air, he's fast. He can jump and he just has great hands. Like I love a receiver that attacks the ball with his hands and is really aggressive. And that's certainly Khalil Shakir. He's going to be a stud at the next level. In a lot of ways, when you watch him play, his game kind of reminds me of Michael Gallup, just really athletic, uh, not quite as like freakishly strong, but a great athlete. He moves well. And he's just, he's a stud. Like you throw it up, a 50-50 ball is more like 75-25 in his favor. He's just a stud. He's not the biggest guy, but he moves well. He runs good routes has solid hands. He makes highlight plays. I mean, go go look at those highlights. He was killing it. But Nevada did pull out the win, and I was happy. If you followed DNVR bets, that was one of my big three, the Nevada money line. I just... Vegas has been giving Boise a ton of respect this year, and I get they're a good team, but I've been fading them a lot. I faded them in the Oklahoma State game, faded them last week, faded them against UCF, like, the talent gap between Boise and the rest of the league just isn't what it used to be. And they're definitely not the best team in the league. Nevada's better than they are, as they proved on the field. San Diego State quietly might be the best team in the conference. They're just super complete offensively. They play smart football. They finally have a passing offense. Defensively, they're stout. They're just a really solid team. Brady Hoke has really, really got that thing rolling. And you still have Fresno State, who CSU doesn't have to play this year, but is clearly in the conversation for the best team in the league. They did lose a weird game on the island. Uh, Hawaii, who, again, is going to be really tough for anyone they play. I said Hawaii was a good team. I took a bunch of crap from a couple of people on Twitter. They're not worth acknowledging, but they're going to be tough for anyone. Like Todd Graham is a good coach. They have veterans on both sides of the football. They did a good job of adding talent from the transfer portal. They're a pretty complete team. And they have one of the best home field advantages in all of college football. 
Anyone that thinks that Hawaii game is going to be easy for CSU is sorely mistaken. Anyone that thinks the New Mexico game is going to be easy is mistaken, man. They they want that badly. It's their Super Bowl. They are more talented. They got beat down pretty handily by Air Force. Air Force kind of responded well in this one. That's going to be another interesting game for CSU. They For the first time this year, I think they really got that option offense rolling against UNM. And it's not shocking. I mean, they had a ton of roster change from last year. They had more people sit out than like anyone in the country last year. So the guys that were playing in that weird pandemic season are not the guys that are playing for them right now. There was bound to be some growing pains that come with that. I I still think Air Force is a fairly winnable game for CSU, just given that the Rams' strength is in that front seven, and that's obviously what you need to hold up against a team like Air Force. I also like that CSU has really active safeties in Taiwan Francis, Henry Blackburn, and Jack Howell that are good in tackling in the open field, are aggressive against the run. They're not afraid to come up to the line of scrimmage. I think all of that really favors CSU, but we have plenty of time to talk about that in the coming weeks. But the last game was UNLV against UTSA. UNLV was like triple digit, or not triple digits, excuse me, three score underdogs in this game. They ended up losing 24 to 17. They had a shot to pull it out on the road. Second straight heartbreaker. They lost by eight to Fresno State the week before after leading a lot of the game. They've recovered well. They got really embarrassed by Iowa State 48 to three a couple of weeks back at home. Since then, two straight really strong performances on the road. I'm interested to see kind of how they perform against Utah State and San Jose State these next two weeks. Currently 0-5. But the way they're fighting, I don't think they'll go winless. But uh, unfortunate that you couldn't have UNLV on the schedule instead of Nevada at the end of the season. But it is what it is. That's the Mountain West recap. Going to start to talk about this CSU-San Jose State game and the implications, as well as some of the just the conference standings and stuff. Moving forward, before we do, though, got to shout out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is kicking off another week of action by giving all new customers a campness offer. Bet $1 on any football game this week. Receive $150 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Obviously missed most of the games at this point, but you still could do it for the Monday night football game. And this football season, all customers can swing big with DraftKings Same Game Parlay. Same Game Parlays allow you to combine multiple bets for a bigger payout. This week, place the same game parlay on any NFL game, and you will be credited up to $25 even if your bet loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can always deposit and withdraw whenever you want. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR to receive $150 in free bets instantly when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That promo code DNVR to get $150 in free bets this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also want to shout out the friends over at Solace Meds. They have four convenient Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. Right now, if you go in there and you use the code DNVR20, you are going to get a free King Cone or a Solace bar. So you're going to get a free edible or a free pre-rolled joint. That's just for coming in and making a purchase. They're just throwing that on, little cherry on top. Plus, you're getting 20% off your entire order. Honestly, I don't know why you would go to another dispensary. I mean, you're literally spending unnecessary money. And it's munchie season coming up. We got football. 
We got Halloween coming up, lots of candy. Maybe you want to stock up on some goodies. Just head to solacemeds.com. You can order online, pick up at your convenience. And again, make sure you're using that code DNVR20. One, so they know we sent you. But two, so you get 20% off your entire order and some free goodies on top of it. Anyways, we love Solace. You love Solace. Shout out to all our partners, though. DraftKings, our presenting sponsor, Chevalier Mortgage. We got much love for everyone in the DNVR Rams community. Speaking of the DNVR Rams community, make sure you come out to Shields Johnstown on Monday from 5 to 7. Trey and Toby McBride are going to be there. They're doing a t-shirt signing. You can get either of their new shirts or both. I recommend both. Get them to sign those. Maybe you buy more than one. One to get signed in frame, one to wear. The possibilities are endless, but the holiday season is coming up. If you're like me, my brother's got a birthday. You know, everyone has a birthday. He's got a birthday this week. You know, perfect time to get him some swag for his birthday. You got to think ahead, people. You got to think ahead when it comes to gift giving in the holiday season. What would be better than a Trey McBride autographed t-shirt to hang up? I mean, any CSU Ram fans, they got to have it. He's going to be a first round draft pick. He's going to be an NFL superstar. And beyond that, I mean, he's just, he's achieving legendary CSU Ram status. He's, he's in that echelon of BVP of Cecil Sapp, you know, the guys that were truly Rams legends, Steve Bartolo, um, Kyle Bell, I would put in that conversation. There's, there's plenty of guys, obviously, that you could throw out there. Rashard Higgins, Shaquille Barrett. I mean, he is going to be one of the most revered players to ever suit up in the green and gold, and he should be. I mean, he's had so many chances to leave. And as we see in this era of college football, it's easier for players to leave than ever and explore other opportunities to, you know, go to a power five school to go in the transfer portal. You don't think SEC teams weren't trying to hit him up? Oh, they were. But he remained committed to CSU. And obviously, he's had a great season so far. Hopefully, he keeps it up. But make sure you come out to this event because it's it's just going to be really cool. I mean, it's awesome that we finally have this opportunity. I wish there were other CSU superstars in the past that would have been able to do this. I mean, Nico Carvacho and CSU Hoops. Rashard Higgins obviously would have been awesome to be able to do something like this with. But right now, we can do it with the McBrides. We've got big stuff coming up with David Roddy as well for hoop season. It's only beginning. Team DMVR, the Athlete Network, definitely a really dope thing. And I hope you guys come out. I hope you take advantage. I hope you get an autograph. Get these awesome shirts designed by my good friend, Eric Weedham, a.k.a. the D-Line. Rams, rep, Rams. Eric is a Ram. He's a CSU alum. He worked with Trey McBride to design the shirt. It's officially in collaboration with them. It's it's officially licensed. I mean, this is as legit as it gets. This is CSU. The players are going to be profiting off of it. I mean, it's awesome. It's just so awesome. See you there. Shields Johnstown, 5 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Starting to look ahead, though, I think really these next three games are going to kind of define what the season is like for CSU. And obviously, if you pick up a couple of rivalry wins down the stretch, I mean, that's really going to make people happy. But right now, you have an opportunity to kind of turn this thing around. It's going to be tough to win like two, three straight games. But San Jose State at home, you're going to have a great crowd. It's homecoming, you know, first homecoming since 2019. It would be nice if CSU finally had a good memory on homecoming again. It feels like it's been like four or five years in a row where they've lost on it. I didn't double check that, but they definitely lost to San Diego State in the 2019 homecoming. 
I don't know. It's just, it's a winnable matchup. I think CSU's defensive line, the front seven, they're really going to be able to create havoc in this one. And San Jose State's offense, it just, it leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, Nick Starkle, he's a veteran quarterback. He started at three different programs. He's played in a lot of big time games. I'm not trying to discount him or his abilities, but he's not Carson Strong. He's not Jake Hayner. CSU has the talent defensively to really, really disrupt what San Jose State wants to do. The big question mark is these teams are kind of similar. I mean, San Jose State's front seven is also their strength. They've got a great D-line. They've got a great linebacking unit. Cade Plath is a beast. Kyle Harmon's a stud. I, I really like this San Jose State defense, and I'm sure, I'm sure offensively it's going to be a pretty big challenge for a CSU offensive line that's kind of been inconsistent, to say the least, but... They're going to have to run the football. You're going to have to be able to offset what San Jose State can do from a pass rush perspective, but this is a winnable game. I mean, Vegas has it as a pick right now. People think that the Rams have a shot in this one, and they really need to capitalize at home. And if you can get that second win, get some momentum going, then maybe you go to Albuquerque and you take down the Lobos, a team you haven't lost to in over a decade. Again, you can't overlook them, but it's a game you should expect to win. All of a sudden, you're sitting at three and four going into that Utah State game. Anything is possible. I mean, I think beating Utah State is going to be tough, especially if they get that passing offense rolling. And it's also just a hard place to play. They've got a good environment, good fans that are dedicated. They're loud and they sit right on top of the field. It's the closest in terms of like the wall to the field. It's, it's got to be like 12 feet tops. It's really, really close. It seems kind of dangerous, honestly. But it also creates an awesome home field advantage for the Aggies. So it's going to be a tough game. But again, a winnable one. And if you could rattle off three straight, which, you know, maybe that's wishful thinking, but it's also not impossible. All of a sudden, you're sitting at 500 going into those Air Force, you know, Boise State, Wyoming games. Anything's possible at that point. I'm a big believer in confidence and momentum. And I think when you can get rolling, you know, things can really turn the right way for you, especially when you have key playmakers at the right positions, which CSU does with guys like McBride and Hopefully, Bailey and Wright are healthy. That's going to be a big factor. But defensively, you've got all kinds of studs. Daquan Jackson is just being a beast. Patchen's been awesome. The McBride, obviously. But I just think if you can win a couple of these games, I mean, especially if you go 3-0, but even 2-1 and over the next three, I just think you have a lot more confidence going into those rivalry games, and I think that gives you a better opportunity. If you know, you're feeling real dejected after losing three straight, probably going to be tough to kind of put up a fight. I mean, you would hope that the players would always be up for rivalry games, no matter if they were winless or undefeated or what, but it's human nature to dip your head a little bit when things are going bad. And it's also human nature to feel yourself a little bit when things are going good. And I think just getting some confidence and upsetting San Jose state. I mean, I think it's still fair to call it an upset regardless of what the line ends up being just because they are the reigning conference champions coming into the season. It's not a game that really anybody expected CSU would have a chance in. If you can win that, if you can beat New Mexico, if you can be competitive against Utah State, maybe pull an upset. There is still a possibility that this team could put themselves at least in contention to, to compete for the postseason. Are they actually going to reach it? I don't know. It's going to be tough with the schedule that they have. It really is a tough schedule. Like I know that fans have kind of mocked Adazio for doubling down on that. And it was a little weird that he like kept emphasizing it because I think everybody in the media acknowledged how tough the schedule was. It wasn't like that was a secret. But he is right. I mean, it's it's a brutal schedule. It's it's a really hard one. You're playing a lot of experienced teams with veteran quarterbacks. 
play a couple of really explosive offenses, teams that can run the ball well. I mean, it's not an easy schedule. I, I do think the Mountain West is the best G5 conference and kind of going back to all that AAC stuff. I think it's good that, you know, the Rams are sticking in the Mountain West because I think especially with Houston and UCF and all those teams moving, this is the most competitive league and CSU's just got to figure out how to be more competitive in the Mountain West themselves, regardless of if the league ends up expanding. And that's something I'll dive into in the next couple of days, just what I would like to see the Mountain West do. But these next couple of games are, are so important for CSU. There's no question about it. It starts with San Jose State. We will preview it in detail as the week goes on. We've also got the basketball scrimmage coming up before at 9 a.m. at Moby Arena. Hope you guys take advantage of that. should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to seeing guys like Chandler Jacobs and kind of what that rotation ends up looking like. I'll, I'll have a basketball scrimmage preview as well, like kind of the things I'm really looking to see. But I, that team is just going to be so talented. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. That's all we have for today's podcast. We'll be back throughout the week. Again, make sure you come out to that event at Shields, the auto- t-shirt autograph event with Trey and Toby McBride. Take advantage. It's going to be a lot of fun. Shout out to everyone. Much love. khakis wearing graphic tees feeling way too trendy raps that kill oh i'm deadly primed and ready like machetes at a deli in new delhi feeling scummy like martin scarelli turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice but water's the truth so i sip on that too skinny looking kid with no car keys like the only thing i drive is rcrv's got the stash like steve harvey oh i'm gnarly like non